Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The dominion of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a banquet, a wedding banquet, for his son. He sent his slaves to call all those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, and he sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then the king said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. So they went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Find him and hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Sometimes I feel like the ending of the reading in the center of the aisle should end with a question and not a proclamation. The gospel of the Lord? <laughs> and this is certainly one of those times. Even Martin Luther, famed preacher and reformer 500 years ago, is rumored to have said that he didn't like preaching on this gospel text either. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in some good company. But Luther also once said about difficult passages, that we must squeeze them until the good news drips out. Take a deep breath. Here we go. Today's scripture readings, three of them, show us the reign of God, the dominion of heaven, the kingdom of God, as a party. In Isaiah, a feast of rich food and well-aged wines. In Psalm 23, a table spread before us in the presence of our enemies. And in Matthew, a wedding banquet thrown by a father for his son, a meal to which all are invited, the good and the bad. So now, partying and feasting, that's something I can relate to. I love a good party, especially when there's plentiful food and drink, and I rarely turn down the invitation to celebrate with friends. But I am an extrovert after all, so that probably makes sense. I also know how disappointing it can be to know that there's a party going on and I wasn't invited. I might end up feeling ignored or forgotten, not valued, not included in the inner circle. So Jesus tells a parable where a king throws an extravagant party and the initial invitations are rejected. Can you imagine saying no to a royal invitation? I can't. But these, they did. And a second invitation sweetens the deal with the description of an elaborate preparations. You can tell it's going to be a delicious feast.
But those who are invited are unimpressed and they go back to business as usual. So the invitation goes out again. And this time, everyone is invited, the good and the bad. People who aren't usually invited to royal celebrations. So maybe the point is that in Jesus, God flings wide the doors and everyone is invited to be a guest at the royal party. Not in some distant future afterlife, but here and now. The Holy One invites all of us to be honored guests. And I want to say, it's not just something that we say here at Holy Trinity for this church. We do say it, whoever you are, wherever you're from, no matter who you love or marry, whatever the color of your skin, you are welcome here. But God's invitation isn't just about coming to church. God's invitation for all is into fullness of life. You see, God's got a party going on right now here on earth, and we're all invited to throw on our party clothes and get on the dance floor. Now, I recognize that sometimes life doesn't feel like much of a party. A pity party, maybe, but certainly not a celebration. There is so much right now to be anxious about. Too many people losing their homes and livelihood due to hurricanes and floods and fires and war, literally dying while the party's going on. And there are too many loved ones who are suffering in body or mind who can't join in on the celebration right now. And I know that there's a lot to be angry about too. And plenty of people who I would prefer were not invited to the party or weren't present at the party at all. Remember how I said I like to party with my friends? Not my enemies. But the Lord prepares a table and a party for us in the presence of our enemies. And everyone is invited. Everyone. The Apostle Paul's advice as he writes from the prison in the midst of his own suffering is rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And let your gentleness be made known to everyone. Because God is near. You see, even in the midst of his own suffering and persecution, Paul rejoices in the one who gives him abundant life. And the feast is going on whether you accept the invitation or not to live fully into God's promises. So the next question, I think, is, what are you going to wear to the party? Let's draw our attention back to the parable where we learn that there's one guest who's not dressed appropriately for the feast. Now what I learned this week is that wedding robes were garments that were given to each guest as they came in. And so the host fully prepares everyone to be dressed in the expected attire. But this one guest hasn't put on the wedding robe that was given to him. Now of course this isn't just about actual clothes as in an episode of what not to wear, but it is a symbol of what God has done to fully prepare us for the feast of life. The good news is that God has given us all exactly what we need to fully and faithfully participate in the feast of life that God has given. At baptism, we say to the newly baptized, you have put on Christ. In him you have been baptized. And then we give a new white robe 
For today, let's just call it a wedding robe. We give a new white robe as a symbol of being clothed in Christ and called into service with Christ in the community of faith. And dressed in Christ's love and joy, we can take in all the wonders of life and open our hearts to the goodness that surrounds us. Dressed in Christ's mercy and compassion, we live lives of generosity toward the most vulnerable and are present for others who are in pain. Dressed in Christ's forgiveness and grace, we put aside hatred and narrow-mindedness and seek to understand those with whom we disagree. Dressed in Christ's justice and peace, we live as faithful partners with God, who is always, always with those who are poor, with those who are hurting, with those who are usually excluded. Yes, you have put on Christ. You are dressed and ready for an ongoing feast of life. And God doesn't enforce this dress code or punish us as the king does in this parable. Instead, God invites us over and over and over again to be present, to share in the joy with others, to be engaged in the abundant life that God offers in the kingdom. When God is the host, the food is rich beyond our imagination or understanding. Sometimes it appears to be quite simple. Bread and wine and yet we can be profoundly moved and transformed by this feast. When God is the host, we are nourished not just for this hour or this morning, but for always. And when God is the host, everyone gets the same gift, undeserved and inexhaustible love and grace. So now I think I can proclaim, I hope I have proclaimed, the gospel of the Lord. And we can all go out from this place and invite others to join in on the party, you see, that together we may know God's life abundant for all. Amen.